This morning, I've got something I want to speak about. But before I get there, I just need to recap real quick to last week. So um, I know we've got a lot of people visiting this week, so I need to kind of catch you up with what happened. So we were teaching the last three weeks on the, the subject of generosity, the idea that um, uh, we actually call the series The Ladder. And we talked about many of us, we have this ladder, and we're climbing it because we just want to get more and more and more. And this ladder will take us higher and higher. We can get, get, get. And we said, what if the ladder looked different? What if the ladder was over here? And instead of climbing it to get more, we could climb to give more. We could live lives generously, live lives in a way that um, because of the way that we give, it impacts the lives of others. And uh, it's just a great three weeks. I've got a lot, of good pe- a lot of good feedback from people telling me that it's been very encouraging. So last Sunday, we actually did something special. Last Sunday, we had this idea because I wanted to visually demonstrate how generosity can make a difference. This morning, some of you who come faithfully to connect, you put some money in the offering, and we are super, super grateful for that. Um, That does such a lot here at Connects to help us run each week, but it also goes outside of this building to other churches around the country and even to organizations around the world that exist to reach people for Jesus. And uh, making a difference. This morning as you came in, you see that a lot of people brought in some shoeboxes. We're a part of a, a thing this year called Operation Shoebox, where Operation Christmas Child, where we're sending shoeboxes with toys to kids living in poverty around the world. And although it's great that we get to do things like that, we never actually get to see physically the impact of that. And I wanted us to see what it was like for somebody to be on the receiving end of generosity, to remind us why it's a great thing to give. So we had this crazy idea. And um, I decided we were going to take up a spontaneous offering last week. And I said, in this offering, we have two services normally. I said, in first service, we're going to give some money to um, someone here at the school who uh, helps out a lot. He's a big part of Connect. He actually works for the school, but he's here every week helping us. And uh, if you're familiar with this school, you'll know Boomer, and we just want to bless him. And then in the second service, there's a, uh, yeah, some Boomer fans out there. Well done, Boomer. <laughs> Some WMS students, I think. Then the second service, we had a lady who attends Connect. Her name's Christy, and uh, she actually works in Peoria at the Dream Center. She's in charge of the women's homeless shelter. She does transitional housing and helps some people there. So, so we'd had this idea that we wanted to give them $500 each just to bless them, just to say, hey, we think you're awesome. We want this to help you out at Christmas time. And so I said to the church, we, we're doing this. This isn't in our budget. I've got the cash in my pocket. We'll take up an offering. And if, if we raise that much, it'll offset that. If we don't, then we'll just uh, we'll plan on dipping into the funds and, and blessing them. But you guys, you gave me a problem. Because not only did we hit that goal, we went over. So it was a really good problem to have. It was, yeah. <laughs> Last week in that spontaneous generosity offering, we had $1,500 given by you. And that was so, so amazing. So So I want to recap on what we were able to do with those funds, how your generosity last Sunday impacted the lives of three very deserving individuals. So check out this video. And this morning, I want to talk about someone who I think is incredibly generous. And every week, he does a lot to help us here at Connect Church. And he's going to be really mad at me now. But Boomer, would you come up on the stage just for a... (laughs) This guy is a light in our lives here at Connect. He's a great guy. He... So Boomer, we're actually talking this series about generosity. We've got some really generous people here at Connect. You're very generous with your time. You come, you do so much. You set up, you set out, you do a lot. But we're talking about generosity. So we took up a, an offering this morning, and we want to bless you this Christmas time. So I got $500 here in cash. I want to. I want to. Seriously. 
This is for you. I know, I know. <laughs> Take it now. <laughs> I know, I know I don't have to, but we want to. We want to bless you. So listen, even though this guy is on the clock when he's here, he still gives so much more. And I've talked to him. He's told me some stories about some generous things that he's done to help other people. And uh, he's got a big heart. Bless you, mate. <laughs> I know, I know. Christy, let me just give you a little bit of an an insight into who Christy is. Christy, she actually works at the Dream Center in Peoria. She's in charge of the Women's Shelter, Director of Homeless and Housing. She runs the Women's Center, the Transitional. Just fantastic what she does there. Does so much. And I asked her this week if she would come to second service because I said we were going to be talking about Dream Center, but we're not actually going to talk about Dream Center at all this morning, Christy. Because we're talking about generosity this month, we want to show generosity. And I'd made a decision that I wanted to give you this. We took up an offering while you were gone. And that money's going to go towards that and towards someone else that we blessed in first service. But this is $500 that I want you and your family to have. Oh, my God. For you. That's not for the shelter. That's for you personally and your family to enjoy this Christmas time. So I, uh, I want to brag on this lady just a little bit more because she is incredible, okay? I, um, I went to the Dream Center a couple of weeks ago and I talked to Matt and Christina who work with her. And so I said, do you think she's a worthy recipient or something like that? They said, Dave, she's, meant to, she's employed to work 40 hours a week with this shelter. They said she does so much more than that. Thanksgiving and Christmas, she's not meant to be there, but she says, they said she can't stay away. She has to come in and see her ladies at Thanksgiving and Christmas time wanted that to be for you and your family you. so that you have a good Thanksgiving and Christmas time. So. <laughs> so I'm here with uh, my friend Cindy. Cindy is uh, the director of Threads Over Life. I've known Cindy a few years now. Our paths crossed for the first time right after the tornado and uh, just as a church we were able to partner here with Threads and uh, just saw a lot of great things happening. But Cindy thinks that's the only reason I'm here today. The other reason I'm here, Cindy, yeah, yes. is we've just done a series that connect on um, generosity. So we did this really creative thing last week in church where we, we took up a special offering and there were two people in that church we wanted to bless. They were amazing people and uh, we had a set amount in mind that we were going to bless them with and we did and it was just a wonderful morning. But um, our church has given me a little bit of a problem because they gave me more than I planned. So Don, I want you to come and stand That's over here next to Cindy because I've been uh, <laughs> praying about this this week about what we can do with that extra. And uh, Cindy and Don, this is a gift from us at Connect Church for you two, okay? For the pair of you, this is $500 from the folks here at Connect Church because we think you are just such a wonderful couple and we want you to enjoy Thanksgiving and Christmas and from all of us, for all that you guys do, we want to show our generosity back to you. This is Christmas for my family because... A lot of people know that we are incredibly low income, my husband's disabled, um, and Threads is my life. And I don't have a job outside of this and I don't get paid. So up until the middle of December, I do fine here, but then when everything closes down and shuts down, I, I go into a lot of fear for my own household because there's nothing extra. This is it. This is no idea what. <laughs> Bless you, God bless you. God bless you, connect. This is 
is our Christmas right here. Thank you so much. So if you didn't know that company then, that's Cindy and Don Schufer. They actually run a, an organization here in Washington called Threads Hope and Love. And uh, they have a lot of donations that people give. And then twice a month, they're open to the public. And then other times through the month, they do special uh, work with families in the area that are maybe struggling, low-income families or families who maybe have hit hard times. And they're able to go to Threads and get free clothing, free toiletries, uh, free supplies. And they're just such a wonderful couple. And they do so much. And uh, it was just such an honor and privilege to stand with them this week. And I don't know if you caught it in the video there, but she said, you know, for us, we, we spend all this time at Threads up till Christmas giving away, and then it hits Christmas time. And, and for us as a family, I get fearful because I'm not sure if we'll be able to have enough to, to really um, celebrate Christmas as a family. So that just took away that fear. And she was so um, grateful. She said to say thank you to all of you. And I know Boomer and Christy uh, passed on thanks as well. So thanks so much for being generous, Connect. It was just a really exciting series to be a part of. <laughs> There's a lot of clapping going this morning. That's good. There's good things to clap for. It's a celebration morning. So um, I want to share a few thoughts here this morning right before we, uh, we come to a close. And um, craziest thing, okay, so I was preparing my message. I was preparing what I wanted to speak to you about this morning. Uh, earlier this week, I think it was probably Tuesday or Wednesday that I, I finished it all off. And the craziest thing, so my opening story that I was going to tell, this illustration that was going to set up for the message perfectly, it was really going to kind of set the scene uh, for this, this message that I'm, I've entitled, Where Are You Looking? So this story I was going to start off with was all about the time back in June where my wife and I and, and my kids, we were back in England, which is where I'm from. For those visiting, I'm not from Washington. Um, I'm actually from England originally. And uh, we were back visiting my parents and some friends back there. And while there, we got to go for a couple of days to Paris. And we actually got to travel to Paris, and there's a picture here of the uh, five of us on the Eiffel Tower. We were there. We had to go up the Eiffel Tower. And the story I was going to tell was all about our trip up the Eiffel Tower. And then lo and behold, Friday night, I'm sat like I'm sure many of you see in the news break across the TV and the internet of just that horrible tragedy in Paris. And I remember thinking, yesterday morning it was, man, I'm not going to be able to use that illustration now, but... I felt like as I carried on through the day, I'm still going to use the illustration, but I'm going to use it now as a moment to just pause in the service and just say a prayer. I think it would be good for us this morning as a church to pray, not just for the uh, people in that city right now, although I know they would uh, be very grateful for prayers, but just for the, everything that this stirs up, the fear, the questions, the um, maybe, you know, God, how, how does this happen? Why does this happen? And these are some questions I'm hoping to visit in the new year. I think we're going to do a series where we're going to actually look at some of those big questions of why things like this happen in this world and why God can allow things like this to happen. I'm not sure that we're going to be able to answer all those questions, but it'll be great to at least explore some of them. But let's take a moment this morning as a church together. Let's pray. Father, we do just pray this morning, Lord, for the people in the city of Paris. As a nation, Lord, we uh, remember what it was like just 13, 14, 15 years ago, Lord, when we ourselves were hit by an incredible terrorist attack here that didn't just affect the people in New York City. It affected the entire nation of the United States. So we know what it's like, Lord, as a country to face heartache and um, to be in a, a time of mourning. But I pray, Lord, this morning for those people in Paris, the family members, the loved ones who uh, were greeted with that shocking news, Lord, on Friday night. 
We pray, Lord, for um, us too, Lord, that you would help us. This is a time, Lord, with questions that come up and fears, Lord. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to look to you, Lord, to find comfort and peace in you in difficult times. To know that, Jesus, even when you walked this earth, you talked about evil and about the fact that the forces of darkness will always try and drive back the forces of light. But the Father, we can stand in the name of Jesus and we can, we can shine the light of good, Lord. We can, we can shine light into the darkness because we believe, Lord, that light does dispel darkness. And we just pray, Lord, that we would have courage, Lord, that we would be able to pray and we would be able to um, turn our eyes to you in these difficult times. And we do just pray for those people in that city this morning as this week continues on that um, they would draw comfort and peace from you in these very sad times. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we were in Paris, my family and I, and it, was, uh, it really is a beautiful city. It's so hard to look at those images on the TV and know that when we were there, you know, there's just, there was a peace there, there was a beauty. To see all that upset is, is so sad. But we were there, and um, we were only there for two days. We drove down from London one day, and we drove back the next. So we didn't have very long, but we were determined to go up the Eiffel Tower. We thought, we've got to go up the Eiffel Tower. If we're here, you just got to do it. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what Paris is about. So we, uh, we get there, and there are four legs to the tower that lead up, okay? In three of those four legs, there are elevators, and in the fourth leg, there's stairs. So when you're going up the tower, you have a choice. You can ride the elevator, or you can climb the stairs. Guess what? The stairs are cheaper. So uh, those of you who know me will know that I'm like, hey, <laughs> I could save a few uh, euros here. So uh, me and the boys didn't give them a lot of choice. I was like, hey, why don't we go up the stairs, and Mum and Emma, they can go up the elevator. They're like, okay, <laughs> not realizing that this was the first platform. I don't know if you can see in the picture there. That says 668 Okay, that's a picture I took as I was laying there trying to uh, recover after having just walked up 667 of them. I thought, you know, while I'm laying here, I may as well take a picture. But uh, yeah, we, we nearly died. It was really hard work. After about 300 steps, we realized this was a really dumb idea. But at that point, you're walking another 300 steps whichever way. So we, we continued on up, we're just picturing Casey and Emma sitting in an air-conditioned elevator, just enjoying the ride. And um, the view was... A magnificent, but even the magnificent view gets old after four, five, six hundred steps. So as we're climbing, one of my sons, he starts to say, Dad, this is kind of freaking me out a little bit. This is, uh, we're getting quite high now. And the pictures of the Eiffel Tower, they are just like that in real life. I mean, there's not a lot to it. It's just kind of crisscross metal. And any way you look, you can see out very clearly and you can see down very clearly. So he's like, Dad, I'm feeling a little bit anxious. I'm like, it's fine, buddy. Just keep going. You'll be fine. So I start to look. <laughs> Neither of my boys know this until now, but I start to get a little bit scared. I was like, you know that feeling in your stomach where you're like, oh, I start to feel a little bit sick, and I'm walking up these stairs, and, and it, it was kind of scary. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, just keep looking up, keep looking up, because when you're afraid of heights, what's the advice that everyone gives you? Don't look down. Exactly. But when you're there, what do you do? You look down, exactly. <laughs> That's what you do, don't you? The, the number one piece of advice in any moment like that is don't look down. But the first thing you want to do is look down. And it was scary. And the reason I wanted to tell that story is because I, I believe that where you look can make a difference in your life. 
Where you look can affect the way you live your life. I mean, just think about it. Maybe it's um, in the area of finances. Maybe you focus very heavily on finances and, and you're looking to how you can earn more or, or get more money. And maybe you follow the Kardashians on Instagram or you watch House Hunters International and you've got all these dreams of how if I had more money, I could do this. But, but if you're all the time looking up at those who have got more than you, it can actually affect the way you live your life, can't it? It can cause you maybe to live with dissatisfaction and, and never feeling like you've got enough. Maybe it's your career. Maybe, maybe you're a career person. You just want to climb the ladder and you want to get to the top of success and opportunity. So you're, you're working hard and, and now you're finding that the, the days are a little bit longer and the boss is sending home work with you. You're getting calls in the evening and maybe over the weekend. But you justify it because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get the best career possible for my family. I want them to have the best lives possible. And the, the ironic thing is, in, in your pursuit of the career, the family are living their lives and sometimes you're missing some of it. But you're always looking up to the next promotion, looking to, to what's ahead. And maybe that feeds some of that dissatisfaction. Maybe it's not money or career. Maybe it's an image. Maybe where you're looking is at other people, the way they look. You're looking at that person who, who maybe uh, has, has shorter hair than you. You're like, man, I wish my hair looked good short. Maybe it's the person who's got longer hair and you're like, I wish I had long hair like that. Maybe you're just looking thinking, I wish I had hair. <laughs> Maybe you wish you were taller or shorter or funnier or thinner or whatever it may be, but, but you find that rather than looking in the mirror and being thankful and grateful for the beautiful person that's looking back at you that God created, instead you're looking at others and you're kind of, um, it, it's causing you to maybe think less of yourself. Because where you look can impact how you live. It's so true. Do you know, the second you open your eyes in the morning, you're inundated with, with all sorts of things that you see. And our brains actually would, would probably just explode if there wasn't this part of our brain that did something called selective filtering. Psychologists call it selective filtering. What it is is it takes everything that your senses are sending to your brain, your eyes, your ears, your sight, your sound, and, um, and everything it takes, and it selects what's important, what you really need to know. So as you step out of bed, it's like, where's my robe? Where are my slippers? Where's the button for the coffee pot? And you filter everything else out and just you need to know the important things only. Well, in the same way, I think that because of where you look impacting how you live, that we too should develop this kind of selective filtering in where we focus in our lives, where our attention finds itself. You know, there's a book in the New Testament called Hebrews and the writer talks about this very idea. He talks about where our focus should be. He says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, he's been talking about these wonderful people in the Old Testament, Abraham and Isaac and Moses and David and Samson. Since we're surrounded by these great people to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And listen to the advice he gives to these people in this New Testament church. He says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He's saying, hey, with everything else that's going on in your life, with everything else that you're choosing to focus on, keep your eyes on Jesus. Focus in, allow that selective filtering to help you to focus on Jesus. You know, this morning we saw 14 people step into this, this pool here, going public with what they believe, testifying to the fact that they've made a decision to keep their eyes focused on Jesus. 
focusing on him and, and living their lives through that lens of what he teaches us on how to live. And I want to tell you this morning that turning your eyes to Jesus by, by selectively filtering out those distractions that sometimes life can bring, it will change your life and it will impact the way you live. You know, last Wednesday night, maybe you're like me, the, um, uh, during the day on Wednesday, how many of you were like glued to Facebook or the Weather Channel or whatever it was because there was this huge storm coming in and through the day it was like, I don't think this is even going to happen. And then it started to get kind of dark as the day went on and then, then the wind started to pick up Wednesday night. And I think for us, especially here, the, the called Washington, our home, we, we, we tune in a little bit more to that now, don't we? We kind of watch the weather forecast. We have plans for how to get to the basement now. We, we think through this a lot more because storms have that effect on us ever since what happened in November of 2013. But when we woke up the next morning, everything was okay. And the way you woke up in the morning actually says a lot about you. Maybe some of you woke up on Thursday morning, you were irritated because the wind had just kept you awake all night. The kids kept coming in and waking you up because they were scared. You didn't get any sleep. The basketball hoop blew over. Whatever it may be, maybe you woke up and you were like frustrated Maybe you woke up and you were thankful. You were like, man, I'm thankful that, that that easily could have been worse. Everything's intact. We're all okay. The family's okay. Or maybe like me, you woke up and you looked down and you thought, awesome. I don't have to rake those leaves now. They're all gone. <laughs> See, procrastination pays off. So, But the reality is, because of what happened in this community two years ago on Tuesday, this Tuesday is the anniversary of that tornado, because of that, where we focus in the storms in our life can have a huge impact. You see, Jesus, he experienced a storm once. I want to talk about that storm here this morning. It's a story that three out of the four people that write about the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, three of them all tell this story. That's how important they felt this story was to be told about Jesus. And it's a time when he and his disciples were together in a boat when a huge storm came in. Listen to what Matthew says in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 to 27. He says, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake, with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. But Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. They said, who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. You know, I love this story because it tells us a few things about Jesus. And it also tells us a few things about storms. The first thing I realized when I read this is that being with Jesus doesn't mean the storms won't come. The disciples were in the boat with Jesus and still the storm came. These people who were baptized this morning they love the difference it makes to have Jesus as a part of their lives. They love having him in the boat with him, with them. But none of them are naive enough to believe that now that they've been baptized, that their lives will be problem-free. Storms will come. Since Planting Connects two years ago, I think one of the biggest challenges that Casey and I have faced over these last two years is having to walk with families in this church as they've gone through storms. Whether it be sickness or death or a loss of a job or something that's traumatic in the life of that family. All these people, they loved Jesus, but still the storms came. 
You know, the second thing I learned reading this story is that um, Jesus will be with us in the midst of our storms. That's good to know this morning. You know, the disciples were having a hard time because Jesus was sleeping. It, it seemed that he didn't really care about their fate. But here's what Jesus understood. He understood what the psalmist wrote in Psalms chapter 4, verse 8. In talking about his relationship with God, he says, I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Jesus had this kind of faith that the disciples didn't. And sometimes as we're going through the storms, it can feel like Jesus doesn't care. But he does. He's right there in the boat with us. You know, there's a quote that I came across that was written on the wall of a, a Nazi prison camp. It said this. It said, I believe in the sun even when it does not shine. I believe in love even when it's not expressed. And I believe in God even when he is silent. God does care. He's right there next to us even when it doesn't feel like it. You know, the final thing I think we can learn from this story about Jesus and the disciples is where you look can impact how you live. As that storm built up, these are fishermen, some of them, they would have recognized the, the danger of this incoming storm. The waves grew, the clouds came overhead, and where did the disciples fix their attention? On the storm. Where should they have looked? At Jesus. On Tuesday, it'll be our two-year anniversary here in Washington of this tornado. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget stood here on this stage and the cell phone started to go off. Maybe you're sat here this morning and you were here that day. Maybe you're even sat in the same kind of area. We gathered people in and we, we kind of stood against the wall. We stopped the service. And then when we realized this really was a tornado coming, we, we ushered everyone into the locker rooms. And I'll never forget what happened that morning. As many here who love Jesus with all their heart, followers of Jesus still fearful of what this storm might do, chose in that moment to not look towards the storm, but look instead towards Jesus. We played this video last year. I want to play it again this year because this is what took place just in these two locker rooms two years ago on Tuesday, the anniversary. So check out this video here real quick. very special moment. In that moment, I remember talking to people who were new to Connect that weren't followers of Jesus and have told me since the impact that had on their lives to see people singing and worshiping God in that moment. I spoke to followers of Jesus who said, you know, in that moment as we were worshiping and praying, you know, it, we were fearful, but we just sensed that Jesus was with us. Do you know, there's one other thing that I love about this story, and I was looking at this week, is that is the thing the disciples said at the end. They said the disciples were amazed. They said, who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Have you ever thought about this before? Had that storm never come, they never would have discovered this about Jesus. If that storm hadn't come that day on the lake, they never would have discovered that even the wind and the waves obey him. They learned something new about Jesus that day. You know, I believe with all of my heart that sometimes as we go through these storms in our life, we can learn something new about God, about his faithfulness, about his peace, about his mercy. 
Those that got baptized this morning will tell you um, that they've experienced Jesus working in their lives in the good times, and there have been storms. And yet still, they felt that he's right there with them in the boat. So I want to ask you this morning as we close out, where are you looking? Where are you focusing your attention? When I was climbing that tower and I looked down, I was, I was full of fear. That can happen when you focus on the storms in life. So maybe you're here this morning, you've never had a relationship with Jesus. I want to promise you that the beginning of a relationship, asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life. I loved what Megan shared in that video. She said, you know, we were coming as a family, bringing the kids, and we were doing it for them because I really didn't believe that God could forgive me. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't feel that um, you can look to Jesus because of where you've been or some things in your life, but Jesus is right here this morning. He would love to have a relationship with you this morning. And wherever you've been, he wants to bring you just as you are. You don't have to clean yourself up or get things sorted out. Just come to Jesus. Turn your eyes to him. Look towards him and he can change your life. Or maybe you're here this morning and you are a follower of Jesus, but you found yourself in a storm. And you're thinking, God, where are you? It's almost like you're asleep right now. But Jesus wants to just remind you he's right there with you in the boat. And this is the time where you're to look away from the storm and to look to him and know that the, the person who has control of even the wind and the waves is right there with you. And as you look to him, it will impact the way you travel through this storm. It'll impact the way you live your lives. So can we pray together this morning? Father, I love baptism Sundays. I love seeing those lives that have been changed and people just wanted to go public and share the difference you've made in their lives. Lord, I know that there are probably friends and family members who are here this morning, and maybe they've not experienced you the way that these people this morning in the video and, and here who are baptized have. Maybe they feel that they've done too much or there's too, too large of a gap to separate where they are from you. And I just pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that they would know that you are right there wanting to reach out to them. All they need to do is turn to you, speak to you, ask you, Lord Jesus, to be the Lord of their lives to ask you to forgive them for the wrong things they've done. It's a very simple step they could take. Or maybe there are people here this morning that are followers of Jesus and they're, they're caught up in a storm. But either way, Lord, we have a choice where we look. We can look to the things in our life that would distract us. They could be good things or bad things. But God, I pray that we would use that selective filtering to, to choose to fix our eyes upon you because it really will make a difference in the way we live our lives. Thanks so much, Lord, for this opportunity to gather in your name this morning. Thanks for all those that got baptized. Thanks for all who came to connect. Would you bless them as we continue on in this week? In Jesus' name, amen.